This is a sad record. This is called Racing Like a Pro. It used to be a lot of people thought it was racing like a pronoun. They thought it was some sort of a grammar lesson. It's not a... I thought that too. Is that not true? It's not true. It's not. This is Don't Worry About the Grammar. It's not about pronouns. It's about professionals. I'm Christopher Hooten. And I'm David Rapson. And for the next few minutes, we're living on coffee and flowers. Boxer makes me think of a time I was walking around New York City at four in the morning and having a conversation about you. young, you're middle class. They say it doesn't matter. Fifteen blue shirts and womanly hands. You're shooting up the ladder. First things first, we have to talk about that excellent Spanish guitar, the soft <laughs> nylon strings just welcoming us into this song. It's very lovely. It is beautiful. It's not like a uh, optimistic Spanish guitar. No. Like a mariachi band or something. <laughs> no, it's more um, yeah, quite solemn, but incredibly beautiful. And then to the opening lines of it, um, Matt called himself the Travis Bickle of songwriting. Um, it's probably the most uh, most literal version of that because here it's, it's literally taking a look, look at yourself in the mirror and naming things in a very objective way. You're pink. You're, I love that he's pink, not white. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, another use of colour in the national. Yeah, so I, was, spot I was thinking about that. I get pink, I suppose it's just, you know, it's almost like a synonym for like young, bright, precocious, maybe a little wet behind the ears. Mm, like a baby. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's listing like things that are factual. And then they say it doesn't matter. Yeah, that line doesn't really have any obvious meaning to me. All it, say, all it says is that whatever they say, he disagrees with. <laughs> Our character just like objectively disagrees with the summary. And then again, it's a very like, rather than like looking into who you are in a in a psychological sense, there are factual, uh, there's a factual analysis of where you are in your life. Uh, again, it's employment. It's like 15 blue shirts and womanly hands. You're shooting up the ladder. It's quite a cold and like studied view of like where you are in your life. Yeah, you've got the identical pressed blue shirts, 15 of them, and these like womanly hands that have never known rough work. There's the, the, the monotony we've discussed. Yeah. The, the adult monotony is clear there because there's 15 of them and they're all identical. Yeah, I feel like this song could also be called Businessman Ascending. <laughs> I like that because he's definitely ascending. Uh, he's, and yeah. I think the implied what it implies is that there's success. But the success is still viewed in such a dim view in, in like an almost like um, you're shooting up the ladder. It's said almost like resentfully. Yeah, it's always glib, isn't it? It's like yes, just a very kind it. of like... It's a good word, glib. It is, it is, it is glib. 
Yeah, how, how someone would describe your career rather than the way you describe it. Yes, I think that um, I, I forget when, but there was a there was a quote from Matt about the time before Boxer when he you know he he had been made a creative director, I believe, which is a very good yeah. job. But he said he just just wasn't happy as well. So I think that's all summed up in that statement there. Like the fact that the way he describes himself is: you're pink, you're young, you're middle class, you've fifteen blue shirts, womanly hands, you're shooting up the ladder. That's how he defines himself. It, it struck me also this might be uh, a bit of a play on words from Matt. Um, the game that we in England called Snakes and Ladders is in America, I believe, called Shoots and Ladders. I, I did not know that. I think it is called Shoots and Ladders. What, like green shoots? No, is it like, I think, so ladders go up and shoots like... Uh, oh, like slide. Like, yeah, you know the album cover of The Shins, Shoots Too Narrow? It's like one of those slides with like a... I think I haven't played American Snakes and Ladders. I haven't played Snakes and Ladders in years anyway, but um, I think that it's called Shoots and Ladders. And if it is, then it's almost like this, um, a caricature of like adult professional exploits is quite a silly game. Like mm. Shoots and Ladders and you're shooting up the ladder. Like it, it belittles success. And I know that... Um, so I wonder what that says about the difference between our nations that we get eaten by snakes on our way and they get they just fall down a slide <laughs> wow don't even know where to start unpacking <laughs> that's bryce playing classical guitar and then that's me we had like a we had a microphone we were in west virginia <clears throat> where our parents had a house and there's a grand piano and we had a little you know recording set up trying to work on stuff and he played that really intricate Classical guitar, which is not unlike Cherry Tree, which would be the other song that has that way of playing. That comes from how he plays classical guitar. Um, and then I played the... the you know, this sort of simple melodies to it and it feel and then and again the demo was actually called coast guard i don't know why but um and we sent it to matt and he pretty quickly wrote to that one um and it felt it felt again like not it wasn't some big rock song or some hit song or whatever you know it was us sort of embracing something very subtle and, and kind of different from everything else. Your mind is racing like a pro now. Oh my God, it doesn't mean a lot to you. One time you were blowing young Ruffin. Oh my God, it was a million years ago. Your mind is racing like a pro now. Oh my God, it doesn't mean a lot to you. One time you were a glowing young ruffian. Oh my God, it was a million years ago. Shit, it's the realisation that there's no tangible element to all this careerism. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a deflating moment, this, isn't it? After, I guess, again, like the point of the album at which we're at comes into being relevant because it's like the fact that there's just the word now that qualifies the end... Um, your mind is racing like a pro now. It's like it suggests that that's where we are now after all we've come. And oh my God, it doesn't mean a lot to you. By which I take like everything that 
all this journey you've come on with like all the way back from like mistaken for strangers and fake empire all the way through all this journey you've gone on to become a man and everything you've achieved and everything you've got and even the relationships and everything it doesn't mean a lot to you it's just a really again it's just that because i visually you know we, we speak quite often about the stories that we craft in our minds when we listen to these songs visually the whole time through up to now in the song i just i just see matt just like staring in the mirror when he's when he's saying these things you know you're pink you're young you're middle class now he's going oh my god it just none of it really matters yeah i, I mean it's it seems quite similar to squalor victoria in a lot of ways whereas i get the sense that with that character they've been slowly eroded by their job whereas this in this is very sort of cinematic in this song it's like it's hit them like a ton of bricks like, oh my god it doesn't mean a lot to me this yeah. is a sudden realization yeah yeah that's interesting i definitely think that the the pro i know we talk a lot about you know professional jobs and that kind of thing i don't think when he says your mind is racing like a pro i don't think that's a relative to like you being professional i think that's very similar to the line about um you were always weird but i never had to hold you by the edge it's like i do now it's similar to that it's like oh you had busy thoughts a while before you've worried before but now your mind is really racing yeah now you're in a whole different territory of worry and i guess well your, your mind is searching in a way because you're like you're suddenly trying to find yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's mine's like a like a, a wasp's nest like buzzing around of all these like fraught concerns oh my god your mind is really racing now yeah. um, and and i guess one of those dawning realizations is like you you were a glowing young ruffian yeah you used to be this vision um yeah yeah like, we've got this 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 again this like nostalgia for youth and again the use of the word ruffian the village on the previous song as well you know when we miss being ruffians going wild and bright i mean yeah it's, again this is like nostalgia for the kind of lawlessness of youth um mm. you know be, you might be a bright bouncing boy all moneyed and pristine and you got like 17 types of coffee pod in your kitchen but um like when was the last time i don't know you had your fucking hands in the soil or like you jumped right. a garden fence you know right what, what does it all mean there's a really nice, um, do you remember that film, uh, Michael Clayton with, um, what's, uh, what's old coffee face called? Um, George Clooney. George Clooney. I just, oh. Coffee face because he does Old coffee face as he's known. I think <laughs> in the credits that's technically what he's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, slight tangent, but it's just, it's just come up my mind. I love that film, Michael Clayton. And it's very much a film about, um, it's a very cynical look at um, adult jobs, I guess, and like industry. Yeah. And yeah. like, um, uh, there's a very cynical, there's like a horrible company that uh, Tilda Swinton plays a part of. And That's a fucking key national film, actually. Everyone yeah. should definitely watch that film. If yeah, you for the heads out there, you guys <laughs> should definitely watch Michael Clayton. And this is not a spoiler, so I will, I will talk about that. To your point about when was the last time you got your hands in soil, there's this fantastic scene where old Coffee Face, <laughs> as we call him now, um, he, amid a very uh, difficult part in the film, I'll say no more because genuinely do watch it, it's fantastic. He's driving and he just go. he's driving past a field with a horse in it and he just gets out and he walks over to the horse and just pets the horse. That moment in that film is, is, is that. It's like all that shit doesn't matter. And he's just for a minute, he's just out in a field like patting horses. It's, it's a very, very beautiful scene. I had that exact moment at Christmas. I kind of escaped the, you know, the Christmas den, the cocoon for a while and just saw a horse in a field and just pat it for a little bit and it was quite beautiful <laughs> i think we should all do that <laughs> guys if you're listening to the podcast now just hit pause power horse find your nearest horse <laughs> it's going to be cathartic trust me one thing i should i wanted to bring up here is like i think 
you know, we talked about the kind of intertextuality and how there was a bit of Jonathan Ames in Mistaken for Strangers. Uh-huh. Here we've got uh, a line that Brett Easton Ellis, the author of American Psycho and Less Than Zero, ended up using in uh, Imperial Bedrooms. And for those of you familiar with him, he kind of misheard the lyric or, you know, intentionally adapted the lyric in the most Brett Easton Ellis way possible. I'll read you back this section. <laughs> At the casting sessions, it was all boys, and though I wasn't exactly bored, I didn't need to be there. And songs constantly floating in the car keep commenting on everything neutral encased within the windshield's frame. One time you were blowing young ruffians, sung over the digital billboard on Sunset advertising the new Pixar movie. And the fear builds into a muted fury and then has no choice but to melt away into a simple and addictive sadness. Wow. Sometimes you get up Sometimes you stay in bed Sometimes you go Until your eyes roll back into your head Sometimes you get up and bake a cake or something Sometimes you stay in bed Sometimes you go La-di-da-di-da-di-da-da until your eyes roll back into your head. Yeah, it's like an interesting verse, kind of moves the story on a little bit. Um, we consider it earlier in the album that, you know, once you get to that room in Slow Show, it may not be all it's cracked up to be. And I think this is kind of akin somehow. Um, you know, you've worked hard to earn money or reclaim, but what do they do for you on a day-to-day level? And you just wake up, you're like, bake a cake, you know, it's like, it's still... I guess it's like a reflection of like, this is what you wanted, now you've got it. What are you going to do with it? You yeah. wanted you wanted to find a partner and get a house together, and then you suddenly just bouncing off the walls. Like, what do we do now? Going through the motions, almost of like, is this what a person does? Very like Stepford Wives, I guess. Mm. Particularly with a, with the baking a cake. It sounds to me like a vision of like, I mean, I'm a very lucky. I I don't suffer from depression myself, but that sounds like a lot. What I know that people say depression as is like things lacking meaning like sometimes you get up and bake a cake and sometimes you don't you just stay in bed like or if it's not depression it's at least like adult disappointment or, or ennui like uh just devoid of meaning just things just there without any sort of added reason to do them you just bake a cake and the the, the music is particularly sad at this point in the song it's particularly um i hate the word sad because it doesn't describe enough but it's 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 it's, it's rueful and very much like um yeah it sounds like you've 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 arrived at where you wanted to get to and found that it was disappointing yeah Oof. but that's such an elegant and complex like it's a complex emotion that um but being an adult and getting everything you wanted and realizing that it's not quite everything you anticipated would be but having it and going through it, it it's it's a really complex situation and matt's nailed it in a line about cake and bed <laughs> it's just so like really really delivered like and it would kill a blow like sometimes you get up and bake a cake or something or something yeah, just or like something, yeah. or something else whatever and sometimes you stay in bed yeah i you know like i've well, i've suffered depression like my whole adult life and i definitely relate to that and i you know i like the just going la di da di da until your eyes roll back into your head you know that's like that's like the fake empire that you choose to live in because the, the yeah. reality is quite horrid so you just you just la di da di da di da di da until your eyes roll back into your head. No, yeah, no, it's 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 feeling, um, it's 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 I think 
pulling apart the, the trying to grapple with like you used to think once you you know all these things once you got this thing once you got to college once you got out of Cincinnati once you got you know that job and once you played that gig at Mercury Lounge you know once you found that girl it, it you were gonna it was gonna make it all fit together everything was gonna suddenly the whole car was going to work right, you know, and, and, uh, you just had to get all the wheels on and everything that you needed. And, and I think, I think, uh, the racing like a pro thing is, is like, you just, I had been chasing something for so long and I think, you know, kind of getting it becoming, I mean, having, being, a, having a, a band that has records on an actual label, you know, and, 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 and a label that's giving us money to make a new one, you know, and people are expecting something from it. A, 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 a woman and a job and a, and a, and a, and a you know, a, a, a life was, 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 I'd gotten it. Basically I'd gotten everything I, I thought was going to suddenly define me. And then here we were, and I think Crin would say the same thing, you know, in many ways. And, and, um, and then you still find your, these days where you just, especially then, it was just like, well, what, you know, maybe I, like I don't know, feeling feeling the pointlessness a little bit of it, and just just you know, just being depressed, even even though you've got no reason to be depressed. It's just I think it's just an acknowledgement of you know, it might just be serotonin, it just might be the circumstances, and I just, maybe I just haven't, maybe I just need a nap, you know. Um, you never know, you know. You can you can feel like you got it all together, and then one morning you wake up and you just feel like like it's it's total. You're, everything's a disaster. Yeah, so that at at that point it shifts from me playing the piano to Sufjan. So yeah. cuz I couldn't I can't play like that. I can't play maybe I can now, but back then I I couldn't do that. And so we did a bunch of work in the break in the period where we were where we had kind of given up. We went in Brooklyn to a studio that had a grand piano and that's when Sufjan played to Ada and to You've Done It Again Virginia. And to racing like a pro, so he play, he sort of plays in a similar way to the guitar, just these like very fast arpeggios, um, playing the chords, and so that that's sort of where the song takes, you know, takes a leap. Um, and again, you know, how do you how does something build and some catharsis without sort of destroying it by all piling on or something? Yeah, I mean that feeling is so fucked up because you know when you when you are struggling and you're striving, you always you always have hope that what you what you do and what you achieve is going to bring you that sense of happiness. But then when you when you when it doesn't necessarily, you realize that it's you're chasing something that doesn't exist, and that whatever tier you get to, however successful the national is or where you get to in whatever field, that that's not going to come where you're just like 
ah, oh, and breathe, yeah. and everything is okay now. And this is it's quite a terrifying feeling. I think, yeah. And there's also like there's a lot of like like have your cake and eat it too. There's a lot of cake, you know. There's girls <laughs> coming out of cakes. There's there's you bake your cake. Um, you know, my hands are covered in cake. It's it's all this this thing of 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 wanting wanting a a committed love, but then also still wanting to to be a free free person, you know, wanting to be have a family, but also wanting to be irresponsible and and like and and, and, and there's also the cake is all these image, you know. There's I make a lot of cakes, I make a lot of pies, making lemonade on this record. There's a lot of these sort of domestic. Uh, Norman Rockwelly type of images that just you feel like is this is this picture of, of of adult life or maturity or 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 kindness when they're not quite that way. Sometimes it's empty kindness. A cake a cake isn't isn't the cake isn't it? You know, it's 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 the time you spend together. You know, it's like it's not about making that cake. It's uh, something like you know, it is about the making of the cake. It's not about the cake itself. You know, yeah, and and giving each other to to make cake. <laughs> you know, their own way. Uh, uh, and and yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking too much about cake now. <laughs> Spoons sure. and soup, <laughs> soup and hell and cakes and. <laughs> Must be Who'd lunchtime. Have be such a bakery theme to the. <laughs> you'd almost, th- you'd almost, you'd almost think I'd be, I was smoking weed this whole time. I'm talking about <laughs> snacks. Yeah, it's interesting this idea that you know whatever your goals, however small or however lofty, that they they still might come with that feeling afterwards of like, oh, actually, where am I? Kind of it made me think of um, I had I had an interview with Michael Douglas recently where he was talking about the very first time he won a Golden Globe in the seventies, and he came down and he's like in his hotel in Bel Air that they'd put him up in, and he went to the Golden Globes and he won, and you can believe it. And then the show ended and no one was really doing much, and he went with his mum. And he just took his Golden Globe and he just dropped his mum off at home and then he just went back to his hotel and was like, uh, yeah, well, I guess I'll go to bed. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Even at that at that level, you know, you can still have that experience. And it's it's a feeling like I've noticed in myself. Um, you know, sometimes you work tirely for, tirelessly for a goal and then when you actually get it, the satisfaction can only last for a few minutes. Sometimes it's only a few seconds. It happens and you realise you've been working to it for ages and then it's just it's gone. 
that like always chasing for the next thing reminds me of that um, mistaken for strangers opening. Like you, you can do anything you want, but you've got to do it running. Do it running, yeah, you're so right. You've got to do it running. It's like perpetual. There's a there's a lot of themes in this album about like repetition and perpetuity, and I guess this ties it in, doesn't it? Is like if you're always thinking that you're going to get something, you're always going to be disappointed. It's interesting because when we were talked about you have to do it running, I like bringing it back to that. And in, in that context, it was about doing it running to get through the monotonous stuff. This, this is a way where even when, when stuff is going well, sometimes you do it at speed. Like I don't know if you ever have the experience where you, your mind is kind of racing when, when stuff is when something amazing is happening to you. Mm. That It can come with like, I don't know if it's like serotonin or what, where you, you do have this buzz and then, you know, sometimes afterwards there's like a counter period where the kind of wind falls out of your sails. But I don't think it's not, I don't think that the, the message of the song is not necessarily like not to hold on to these goals and to hold them up, but I guess maybe just to don't expect them to save you or make you complete once you attain them, I guess. Yeah, I think that's that's totally it. Don't don't pin everything on, on something. A lot of what Matt was talking about there, um, about like, it's, don't, don't, like build up the cake, you know, enjoy making the cake. I guess it's that variation of like, you know, it's the, it's the journey, not the destination, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's not the cake, it's the dough and it's the batter. It's the, <laughs> icing. It's the icing. <laughs> I don't know how many like baking metaphors we can get into <laughs> one episode, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know, man, there's, there's, there's this song for me is just, it, it because of the tone of it and like it's not a celebratory song like you know how he talks about it, that even though Squad of Victoria has those like I suppose negative notions it's, it can be quite a literally a victorious song and the way you play it and the way you enjoy mm. it live is very much like you know you're really, you're really you're really up you know you're really like going for it this is quite a down song it's quite I guess it's kind of a it's kind of a gentle message it's like it's like just try not to pin everything on something you know because um, as Matt said like when you, as someone who's lived it, you know Matt's Matt's gone through this arc. He's 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 wanted stuff and got it. You know he's a successful musician, and he, you know not just then, but like you know he got to, in 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 his creative sense, he became a creative director, and then the band went well, and he got the girl he wanted, and he's in all these places, and he played the gigs that he wanted, and it's just that reminder as someone who has lived that. I think we would all say that Matt's lived like you know what a cool, what a great life. But he's just like don't don't think that it's any of these one things that's going to make it. It's the the yeah. time that you spend with the people that's the most important thing. And yeah, and like, obviously that's interesting as you know a musician as a you know a rock star who's playing in front of thousands of people. But it's something I've heard stand up comics talk about a lot. You know they might play a huge arena and they've been on stage and they've just been making people laugh. Like the the what kind of more of a amazing thing could you do just making thousands of people laugh constantly for an mm. hour but then they get off stage and you know they can't really hang out because like everyone knows who they are and they're a thing and they end up just you know going back to the, the hotel room and eating some room service and kind of passing out watching tv mm. it, it yeah it doesn't it doesn't immediately change your situation and what it doesn't dictate how you're going to be spending those next minutes mm. they're just going to be normal mm. i think it's particularly pre like uh particularly relevant rather if you're in a band, because you have these like sensational evenings all the time. <laughs> like, I mean, they must become less sensational, but like I've been to many national gigs, most of them with you. Um, and every single one of them stands out as like incredible, but they've, how many gigs have the national played? I mean, there must yeah. be, uh, unpolishing of how special that performance is when you play, Squad of Victoria for the hundredth time. 
I don't know, maybe there isn't. I'd love to discuss this with the band further, but like, it's it's such a success to be a band. Like, so how many bands make it, you know, a percent of a percent of a percent make yeah. it? And that is such a victory. And I think everyone in the National has so much to be proud for. Such a catalogue, such a beautiful art project that brings people together. But then there must be a monotony of like going out on stage and playing it occasionally. And I guess this song speaks to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm massively projecting here and I have no idea what it's like to be in the National. But if I'm just thinking about racing like a pro, it is about like success, isn't it? So racing like a pro is about sort of like, it's not not in a monetary sense, but like getting what you were going after yeah. and then reflecting on what you've got. And as a band, I think that there must be a sense of that. Just like, it it, it can't always be champagne and high fives the whole time you know there is there, there must be a sense of whenever you like like anything we get in life when you get it it's uh i'm, I'm reminded of um i forget the philosopher well i'll tell you where i can quote it from is um you know the laura linney and kevin spacey film uh it's called the life of david gale where they, they um they are uh against the death pen uh the death penalty and there's a scene in a lecture theatre about a philosopher. I can't remember if it was, it's not Sartre, it might be Lacan. I'm, I'm forgetting it. But the, the quote is, it isn't it you want, it's the fantasy of it. You know, like it's, it's all about, um, life is all about the pursuit. And I guess that, I think that applies here. I think it's all about that pursuit, you're, you're hunting after it. Yeah. I think that's it, yeah, isn't it? It's like, that's key. you always in life we find ourselves most engaged when you're racing after something and you're you're trying to get there yeah running you know and you're dead set on getting this and we all have that like moment like the last scene in the you know the graduate you yeah know, like the last scene where they're just sort of like sat in the car and the credits just sort of play out or there's that really good um master of none episode where the, the, the last scene is just aziz and sorry in, in the uber in the uber yeah oh man we're rife with uh, pop culture references yeah we today. are but yeah. these are all good ones we'll have to link them like yeah for people for people who haven't seen it's like it's a similar you know in, in that context it's the, the character's just been on the most amazing date and they've just mm. had like a really great time and then but then they close the door and actually what are you doing you're just doing your 15 to 20 minute uber ride home <laughs> and nothing really happens mm. uh, well at least we came up with um champagne and high fives another alternative name for the podcast there Coffee and Flowers is brought to you by Vero, a subscription-based social network which respects your privacy and doesn't sell your data to advertisers. Follow Coffee and Flowers and Vero to find and search all the songs, books, films and other things that we reference in each of the episodes. Download Vero for free on iOS and Android. Go to get.vero.co slash coffee and flowers. That's get.vero.co slash coffee, A-N-D, flowers. Coffee and Flowers is hosted by Christopher Hooten and David Rapson and produced by Christopher Bolson. Julian Wharton composed the theme and engineers the show at the Bison Room in London. 